we've seen, we've gone through a lot of crap and like events in the world in our <laughs> yeah. lives. So maybe yeah, we right? kind of like relate to that. We're the they're, those are the like millennial that. Jedi. So. Oh, God. They are. Oh, they gosh, are. They're yeah. the millennials. They, they really yeah. are, the <laughs> are the Jedi that survived Order 66. That's yeah. hilarious. There you go. That's, that, that's... I came here for there that kind of take. Incoming transmission from an unknown source. It seems to be urgent. Patching them through. They're calling themselves the Holonet Marauders. everybody welcome back hey. to the holland at marauders podcast that was such a long hey everybody hey it's our first one back i've built hey. up the energy with these like three four weeks off or something yeah yeah, yeah this but... this is officially embarking in a season two i guess yeah season two or season, season two? two yeah season two apparently episode we don't know 51 episode 51, 51 definitely yes yep. season two maybe we'll see and i'm joined here They've already spoken, <laughs> but I'm joined here by my bomb bad Jedi pals, Jamie and Matt. How's Hello. it going? I thought you We're forgot good. my name for a sec. I'm good. No, I was, I was like, should I say Matt and Jamie? I always say Jamie and Matt, so I'll keep that. But anyways, we're That's also worthy. joined here by our great friend, the co, not the co-creator, the creator of Star Wars Power Trip. Mm-hmm. I talk Ryan about him all the time. <laughs> oh, it's actually just pesto. No, hi. <laughs> but there he pesto, is. Pesto, move over so you can see. Hello. Pesto's in the background there. It's How's been it going a while. Now? Of course, pesto. It has been a while. It's going well. Yeah. Feeling the force, et cetera, et cetera. How are you yeah. guys? We're doing well. We're doing well. We're doing well. It, this, this is weird. This is really weird. I didn't because like we we had you and Andy on the podcast uh, yeah. a while ago, way earlier this year before Force we started Friends. doing um, yeah. yes Force Friends podcast. Yes, uh, Force Andy Friends is Rewatch. my co-host on Force Friends Rewatch, where we rewatch Star Wars television shows and then talk about them. Simple concept, high ideas. A lot of fun. They're 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 a really fun duo. Um, but that was before we did video, and so we yes. did this whole back and forth of just record the audio, and now we're just like, hey. Sup. Yeah. Um. Now they can see what I look like. Hopefully, an improvement. If not, be honest in the comments down below. Just kidding. This is a podcast. We don't have. <laughs> but you, you can asked. leave comments below. Yeah. <laughs> but anywho, just send a letter. We... Yeah. Exactly. Old school. Marauder mail. Speaking Marauder of old post. school, we're here to talk about a film from 1977 that Which kicked one? this all off. A New Hope. Star Wars ah, A New Hope, but at the one. time it was just called Star Wars. So we're here yeah, to talk about Star Wars, yeah. guys. Star Wars. We're Star, Wars. Wars. Star Wars. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Without yeah, the so subtitle. Been, here and there, we've been going through all the movies, you know, when we don't have I- creative ideas for episodes. We've been going through the movies. We had Ryan and <laughs> Becca on for episode one, right? I think yeah. so. Yeah, Did we have I think so. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, we did. But we yeah, did. Becca, my girlfriend, feels that um, animated Star Wars is better than live-action Star Wars, and The Phantom Menace is the best of live-action Star Wars. She has never been assaulted at a convention for that opinion, which is surprising. <laughs> but uh, the older I get, the more I agree with her. Wow. Yeah, a spicy take, but it's a good one. Yeah. And yeah. you know what's a good animated Star Wars? Power Trip. Little oh, little video called Power Trip. <laughs> Let me tell you. About Let me tell you all about that. It is it is my love letter to A New Hope. It is it is everything I like about A New Hope thematically. It is the underdog hero who didn't know what he wanted until it was his moment. Oh God! Oh, oh. God! I had that this up for other reasons. But this works. 
That's supposed to be oh. gonky. Not yeah, not our it. power trip gonk, which which yeah, could be yeah, it's gonky, close but yeah. it could theoretically be gonky. Maybe that's yeah, where it's he up ends to you. up. We don't that know. Far. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I changed my mind on what his name would be every couple months. Uh, <laughs> right Wait, now he's for EB. Um, I think he's for EB. I think he's gonna be for EB for a while because the original title for Lucas's THX one one three eight was THX one one three eight for EB because it needed to be like twenty five percent more complicated. Because it's Lucas, but yeah, complicated yeah. <laughs> title for a complicated movie. Yeah, there we go. Whereas Star Wars is a simple title for a simple Star movie. Wars, simple movie. Star yeah. Wars, simple as it gets, but as, yeah. As but for those of you who haven't gone to check out Power Trip, it's on our it's on our YouTube page. Mm-hmm. Go check Ryan it out. Ryan was generous enough to give us his project to show it on our platform. And if you guys haven't checked it out, I'm a little disappointed in you, but go yeah. check it out. It'll make your day. I feel like I haven't I been so. putting in the work. I haven't mentioned it enough times in recent, in recent <laughs> look, podcasts. Look, so if, if, this is the first, if this is the first episode you're ever listening for, Holland and Marauders, uh, we tend to bring up Power Trip a lot, and it's kind of really rare uh. that we get the creator of Power Trip on here. So. <laughs> yeah. We've anyway, actually tricked you. We're here to talk about Power Trip today. Yeah, yeah I mean, Power Trip it. does take place... During a New Hope, so it's, it's parallel it to sense. a New Hope. It starts. Yeah. It starts with the Tantive Four being chased by the Devastator, and it ends with the medal ceremony. And it is a little fairy tale about a gonk droid that one of my best friends, Hannah Seeger, a voice actress, and I threw together. Um, it's like Doctor Seuss with more gonk droids and less things that will age poorly in fifty years. We hope. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't I know. So. We don't know what's in store. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a safe bet. <laughs> but, uh, thank but, you. I hope so. There he Walk. is. Oh, man. Oh, I love I the ones that, that walk when you press the button. Yeah. It's so good. It is so good. We, um, yeah. Our most recent watch through of A New Hope was a few weeks ago with, you know, Jamie and I watched Complete it. Complete watch through. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we had a great time. We, we had such a great time that we were like, how about these background characters on Yavin 4? Those guys are just the best. No yes. one talks about them. We we had never really noticed them as much as we should. And right. I wanted to kick off this A New Hope talk with this because we ended up making the costumes. Well, we didn't make them. We put them together. We put them together. Montal's we... prop shop on Etsy. Amazing job on these jumpsuits and whatnot. Jamie put together the belts, yeah. but here's a picture of yeah. it. Full screen. Look at that. Like I needed another reason to love you people. Yeah, like um, <laughs> I tossed my Minoc on the box as well. Uh, actually, that that uh, box I posted a lot on social media. That's from um, uh, Odd Viking on Instagram. He made that. He makes a ton of like custom uh, Star Warsy like gear boxes and whatnot. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna use this like for like the actual thing. Um, and I threw and my mind on top. So we had yep. to wear some beanies. Those aren't uh, rebellion supplies. Issued. So we're yeah. beanies. Um, yeah. Here's yeah. another one of us. Little. I love the wands too. Oh, I know they came up well. They didn't light up yet, but they will. And was also, that y'all made uh, those? Ooh, I'm <laughs> telling you, dude, grow a mustache. Grow a mustache. See, it looks good in this photo, but yeah. I don't know. It depends on the lighting. The best thing about look. the mustache, AJ literally like woke up. I woke up for work, and he he says to me, he always says the random is like something to me, like as I like get up, and then he he gets up like an hour later. He says once I get up, hey, I shaved everything last night, and I just have a mustache, and I'm just like. <laughs> Yeah, it's dark, so I, I like didn't see anything, and then like by the time he gets up, I notice he has this like dreadful like, '70s mustache, <laughs> and I'm like, dreadful. I had the beard. <laughs> it looks fine with the and beard. The mustache. <laughs> oh yeah, I think it's good. I think oh, it's yeah. good. I think it screams. It Wait, screams. I feel X wings. <laughs> yeah, dude, you could grow a nice bushy one. 
That's the thing. I'm jealous. Oh, no mustache. Yeah. No mustache. No. We'll see. You, you anyway. would blend in at Elstree Studios in 1976. <laughs> it's, actually... it's, it's so good. My favorite bit about the technicians, though, is um, if you look at any of them at great length, you see on all of their jumpsuits somewhere, someone has like a pack of cigarettes just like in there. So you see a very prominent like cardboard box or just a square like on their sleeve um on their leg or something and so like we made like just like little inserts to like put in the jumpsuits <laughs> that's perfect just to have because like uh, it's the 70s gotta, everybody had that i love it death stick. but yeah that's, that's my little little a new hope story from recently a few weeks Recent, ago i think yeah. that was maybe like a month ago but yeah we'll we'll go around here and we'll we'll keep talking about a new hope but um yeah i guess we'll, we can start with ryan i mean you know you were texting me all your ideas Oh, but why man. you love a new hope it, it is your favorite star wars movie yeah. and it's, you know for it's all of my us, favorite it's movie there. of all time yeah yeah i i really i love i mean the number one thing about a new hope for me and we can talk about the big scenes later but why they were cut is the linear story it a new hope presents us with one character and explores them and then they take us to the next so we meet c3po and r2d2 and we get to know who they are and what their relationship is and then they take us to luke and we see who he is and what his life is and what he wants his life to be and through that, he takes us to Ben. And then Ben shows us this greater galaxy and this greater universe. And in order to see it, we need Han. So he takes us, I mean, I guess he takes us to Chewie for a few seconds. Love Chewie, but there's not a lot happening there with him. And then he takes us to Han. And Han, you know, Han shows us this other side of the galaxy. That's where Luke could end up. And we've got, Ben has taken us to Han and there's this pull. And then they all take us to the princess. And then the cast is this ensemble. And then the story begins. Like, it's not nothing really happens until they leave Tatooine. And it's just, it's, it's such a good, it's I, Joseph Campbell's idea of the, the hero with the thousand faces that fascinated George Lucas is just so perfectly expressed through Luke Skywalker. But I feel like not enough is said about how it really is just this ladder of characters. And it's, it's, yeah, you're right about that. I never even, I never even thought about that. But it is a complete hero's journey arc, which is the best thing about the movie. Yeah. It's totally complete from start to finish, just one arc for Luke Skywalker. And it's like yeah. so perfectly done in such a like in such a clever, like sly manner. Because like, you know, it's a classic fairy tale story of a farm boy who gets a magic sword, is whisked off by a wizard to save a princess from a dark, you know, evil lord. Yeah. But it's like, it's disguised just enough where you can sit there and go, oh my God, this is like, you know, this world is so new. This is, this story is yes. so innovative. And it is because it's not the, you know, yes. it's not the traditional thing. It's, it's the traditional thing done with like a new flair and it's so well done. And I yes. love how you, it's you, like, yeah. you pointed out Joseph Campbell and the first time we met, uh, like, yeah. what was that? Like over the summer. Yeah. It was like uh, September. you and me just like immediately just like <laughs> right grouped together it. in the kitchen and then like two seconds into was, our conversation. I was like Joseph in the shower for that up. or something, as yes. usual. Yes. 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 Like Joseph, they're talking about Joseph Campbell already. And I'm like, but no, Jamie hey. took a picture of us just already. I think this is my, like, this yeah. is our body language. <laughs> oh the, the, yeah, there's a, there's a classic moment of, um, the long story short, Ryan and Becca came to visit over the summer in September yeah. or so. And so we're all gathered here. And so our friend Jack, who's always on the show as well, he he also came over. And there's a picture of Matt, Jack, and Ryan just like doing like, just like, I don't even know what was going on. <laughs> there's a gentleman's and, and We were talking about Joseph Campbell. <laughs> 
That yeah. was it. See, exactly. see I didn't retain that information. Table. AJ was gone. Becca yeah. and I were like, what is what is happening? <laughs> so we like, should probably catch people up. The, the short of Joseph Campbell is that he was a, uh, you could call him a philosopher who inspired George Lucas. He wrote a book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces, and it was about how everybody from King Arthur to Jesus to Bilbo Baggins, there's there's certain common links. Gilgamesh, yeah. uh, Shakespeare to some extent. that each story yeah. hits. And it's yeah. kind of like, you know, this hero with a thousand faces, but it's all one story. It's like one tale told through all these different characters, um, which is where the title comes from, Hero with a Thousand yeah. Faces. Every yeah. hero goes through a very similar journey. It's a journey that works, that people relate to the most. Um, and of course, you know, George Lucas dove into that and, and ate it and all I, up. And I think A New Hope, I mean, does it the best. I mean, you guys pretty much just yeah. summarize yeah. that, but it's, you know... There's so many characters in that. They all pretty much have complete arcs. Uh, yeah. Even Han. You know, Han yeah. comes back. Yeah, oh, Han especially. Um, ben, Obi-Wan has his own arc. Luke obviously has his own arc. It, it's done perfectly. Um, yeah. And I, I, it's funny because I love the, the mythology talk and whatnot, but I always give Matt a hard time about it because <laughs> in the newer movies, it's not as like blatant in your face, at least to me. Uh, maybe that's just because I'm, I'm absorbing mm. the new lore for Star Wars and whatnot, and then I think of it later. I think that's yeah. it. I'm with you, Ryan. But I'm with the new hope, on it's because it's very overt to me. <laughs> but I love, I mean, I love that you guys think that way, and maybe Jamie and I think another way. I mean, that's what I feel makes our podcast. Well, yeah, um, that you know, broad, broad ideas, broad, broad points of view are, are what we want. Yeah, I, I mean, that, on the mm, one of oh, yeah, really quick, one of the big things <laughs> yeah, in general with um with just like diving into like the myth and like I love it. I love like going back and looking into it, but going into any of these movies, I never like think at the first level of oh this is so similar to like the bible <laughs> like i'm sorry yeah. like, I, I never go into like a, a movie and like think that unless it is like straight up point blank unless we're playing halo it. yeah yeah literally as <laughs> as we were just playing halo infinite there it gets to like a place towards the end i'm just like oh, oh, oh that's a biblical reference there it is because <sighs> it's it's so abundantly clear um but like that's literally like word for word though like in star wars though it is like a little like less like a uh, literal and like i feel like that's why for me for a new hope it's um it always has like been like i always say it's my favorite star wars movie because it's just so simple and like you don't need to yeah. think about it that hard it is everything yeah. it, it is a war and but yeah, here's we're gonna go on this journey have an adventure and and i love that it's so simple that's like my favorite bit of it you don't need all of this like extra like background and you look back on it and you're just like yeah like here's all of this like weight behind it and here's all this supplementary material about it here's all this backstory about it and then here's what we can can compare it to and like popular like culture and the other things like that but like it is so simple and i think that that's why it did so well is because everyone oh, could yeah. like relate to it yeah for sure exactly it and it came at a time like i mean the this is this is a cliche that has to come up whenever anybody talks about the impact of a new hope but like early mid 1970s cinema is bleak it is <laughs> logan's run it is it is logan's an run. examination yeah it's, <laughs> what a movie it's it's it's, it's, it's <laughs> you know hollywood after the vietnam war is just yeah. bleak and like this is what's wrong with humanity and this is where we're <laughs> headed and that that's good that's important to examine but Star Wars then comes along and says, like, no, this is what we could be. This is what this is. This, pay attention to Luke Skywalker. You are Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I could yeah. go on a rant about how we, we all think we're Han Solo until we mature enough to want to be Luke Skywalker because we didn't realize that we should aspire to be Princess Leia. 
but really we should be Chewbacca. Yeah. You lost already, me there I'm somewhere in the middle, but okay. I'm just always turning around in the back. Back in our Phantom Menace episode, Ryan had something similar to that. He was like, we're all trying to be Qui-Gon, but we're really Jar Jar yeah. or something. So yeah. like that was the that was the yeah. 1999 it's, version. It's I true. mean, because we we think that we're you know we're the we're the Hansa dashing rogue. We want to be that, but but Luke Skywalker is just trying to be a good person. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, you want to be Princess Leia, who's like a leader and a big mover or shaker. But in the end, Chewie just cares about the people around him and wants to do the right thing. I don't know. The the characters make a new hope. The characters make any Star Wars movie, but yeah, yeah, you're totally. A new right. hope is a character piece. Yeah, it's funny. When I was a kid, I, I never wanted to be Han Solo. I don't know what it was really? about. I, I don't know what it was about Han. Even when, when I was a kid, him? I was like, "Cynics, man, come on." <laughs> I was always a Luke be? person. Always a oh, Luke really? person. Yeah. You wanted to be Jawa number four. You wanted to be yeah. Mustang. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, you're right. <laughs> be a Gontroid. or the bartender. Um, hey, before Ooh, I saw or... Power Trip. Yeah. <laughs> Even then, <laughs> love it. Ooh, or the bartender. Oh man, what a guy. And it's, it's crazy. We're talking about like the mythology comparisons and then Ryan kind of touched upon it. But what this movie, what this film motivated later for later films like this was a trailblazer of a movie, obviously. Yeah. Uh, yep. Just, sci- you know, science fiction, fantasy, all that. And I mean, you can really see the influences. There is such an abundance of like Star Wars, like clones and ripoffs that came out in like the late, <laughs> late 70s, early 80s. This like boom <laughs> in these like more high concept sci-fi like i'm not even like i'll mention like star trek the motion picture star wars is directly responsible for the revival of star trek and i love yeah that. i think that's yeah. like the funniest thing to me that is cool. that star trek yeah. all of a sudden decided to turn around and was like let's try to do like a star wars thing um, yeah and star you know, wars showed that it was feasible exactly like alien you know you can thank star wars for yeah. that you like there's just so many movies out there that were only made because Star Wars did it first and did it so well. Yes. You know? Exactly. And it, I mean, I just, the first thing that just came to mind was Jamie and I haven't seen it yet. I don't know if you've seen it, Ryan, but Matt has uh, the new Dune movie. Ooh. So one day we're going to watch it. I haven't seen it. But when they yeah. were having the trailers on TV, they were like, it's the new Star Wars. And it's like, hey, and it's like, like, but it was wait a minute. technically it, it was yeah. first <laughs> so, in a book. <laughs> It's yeah, the original I mean, desert planet. Yeah. It is. Exactly. And, you, and, you know, we talk about all the influences that Star Wars had on everything else, but watching Dune, it's abundantly clear Dune was a heavy influence on Star Wars. And oh, George yeah. Lucas said, you know, himself in interviews that one, you know, he put a lot of Dune esque ideas into Star Wars specifically because he never thought Dune would get a proper film adaptation. So this was the closest we're going to get to that. So let me just let me just well, put it all did this take, stuff in. It did take like 50 years something to like get that. a proper so, adaptation. Yeah, yeah that's proper. another that was the first one. <laughs> Dune is another movie that was made because of Star Wars. Dune influenced Star Wars which then influenced the creation Dude, of Dune. The full circle. It was it's did a full it. circle. So I got to check out that movie. I know there's probably listeners yelling at me for not watching it yet, but it's we'll okay. get to it. But we'll get there. let's go around. We'll I mean, there. we'll talk about, you know, the actual film itself. You know, what are, yeah. some, what are some favorite scenes uh, or whatever, you know, from A New Hope? Um, we'll go back to Ryan on this one. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> my mom, when I was a kid, like first digesting Star Wars, I mean, she's she's the genesis of my Star Wars obsession. I'm not 
allowed to tell you how old she was when she stopped looking up at the sky for the Millennium Falcon. But <laughs> it's a it's a double digit number. Um, but um, yeah, she told me that Luke Skywalker looking at the sunset and Luke Skywalker in the chasm on the Death Star swinging across like those two scenes. Bang, bang. That's Luke Skywalker. That's Star Wars. That's that's what the movie's trying to tell you. The fact that he goes from that to that. So I love that. But I think one of my favorite moments, I was thinking about this earlier. When Obi-Wan, when Obi-Wan is convincing Luke to go with him and Luke is refusing and it's just excuse after excuse. I don't know why, but I, I really love that. I think Guinness's performance is awesome, of course, because he's oh, yeah. him. Yep. But I just that I mean, and it's the Joseph Campbell refusal of the call to a T, but it's so relatable on Luke's end. Like, how many times have we been presented with a, an opportunity and we're just like, no, 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 that's not me. Yeah. Oh, I'm busy. Yeah. I can't. I can't. I have to. Yeah. Help my uncle with the. <laughs> yeah. With the hardest. <laughs> exactly. You know, that kind of thing. Exactly. It's like. Oh yeah, we've all yeah. been there. <laughs> yeah, that and and I I think uh, the whole Death Star battle is masterful. Apparently, there was a cut that was 40 minutes long, and Luke fails to shoot the torpedo once and has to go back. And Lucas's wife was like, No, 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 cut, cut <laughs> Masterpiece. And it and baffles me that. Oh, go sorry, ahead. you go, Matt. No, no, you go. I was just gonna say it baffles me like once I, I was with my friend and we were watching a new hope and I paused it like right as they're about to attack the Death Star and I'm like there's only like 10 minutes left like I thought yep. it's such a big influence that scene it's such yeah, a I big mean, impact it's, but it's like, only that short it's the crazy. thing that everybody remembers from that movie is the yeah. Death Star and it's, it's like, like the last a, like 15 like minutes <laughs> and even Vader I don't know I don't know the, the actual number but Vader probably only has like he has like what, minuscule like nine minutes, minutes it's less than 12 time, yeah, yeah it's, like, it's less than 12 Insane, yeah. It's you know the Death Star. It's such a perfect. The Death Star run is such a perfect example of like, again going back to influences. You know George Lucas took everything that he loved about all of the movies he watched when he was a kid and distilled them into this movie, and so we have like this classic fantastical tale mixed with like a World War II movie where you know you have people jump. You have your knight in shining armor with the sword jumping into a, a you know a fighter jet. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And and shooting down Nazis, it's like okay, like it's it's such a like it's such a perfect story. It's the greatest yeah. story ever told. It's so perfect. Yes, it takes all of those influences and just blends them together so that we can talk about like you know fighter yeah. combat in like a, a hero with a thousand faces story. It's perfect. Yeah, Matt, what's uh, what's your favorite scene or scenes? Uh, You're allowed to. You can say multiple. I would probably say my favorite. Hmm, I will say this before I, because I, I I need time to stall while I think about my favorite scene. But As my usual, favorite no thing problem. about A New Hope, or the thing that I wish got more credit, was uh, Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen. Yeah. Uh, they are so good, and I wish people like their death. First of all, brutal. That scarred me so much as a kid. I could never like my brain when I was a kid could not process the fact that they were skeletons. Like I was like, oh, can't can't. It is like one of the more graphic things in it all is. Star Wars. Yeah. It's insanely yeah. graphic. It's that, the the arm getting cut off in the bar and there's like blood all over the floor and they had to explain that by saying that aqualish blood doesn't cauterize. Which is like I love my that. favorite retcon like <laughs> bit of lore in Star Wars. I love that. But Uncle Owen and and Aunt Beru, I say aunt because I live here. Um and I noticed that rewatching it today, like Luke's like, Oh, Aunt Beru said this and I'm like Aunt Aunt Beru. Aunt. I well, say I'm watching aunt. 
I'm like going through all the Spider-Man movies and they keep calling her Aunt May and I'm like, stop it, dude. Um, <laughs> but it's like another, it's like a classic, like the, the aunt and uncle are raising the kid and mm-hmm. they're so great. Like Uncle yeah. Owen and Aunt Peru, they take this random kid in from like this random guy they met once and like raise him to be like a good kid, like a good person who like wants to do good things. And even though they're hard on him and even though they don't want him to leave because you know, you could say it's protectiveness or you could say it's, you know, fear of, of what he could become if they let him out. Um, you know, they deserve more credit. They're, they're kind of brushed aside after they're killed. And it's like, mm-hmm. we got to talk about these two because they're really never mentioned again. Ever. Have you <laughs> like, read, have you read the, the short story in the first from a certain point of view book written by no. Meg Cabot of the princess diaries? It's just four pages. I think it's it's uh, Baru's internal monologue after she dies. And now that she's part of the force, she sees everything that Luke will go on to do. And it ends with her saying, like, do you think he learned this compassion and forgiveness from Owen? Like, I had all these big dreams and I couldn't live them out. But look what I did. That's mm. awesome. I love, I love that. that. I love her that character. That is so good. Both of them. Yeah. I hope and we I, really. Yeah, both of them. I think we're going to, you know, with the Kenobi series coming that we'll get a lot yes. of. Owen and Baru, uh, yeah. time like that, but and I hope they yeah. they finally get the credit they they deserve. Yeah, um, I'd say my favorite scene, Luke Skywalker. Exactly, how you know how you raise the most legendary hero in, <laughs> in the galaxy, you know, and not get any credit for that? Come on, yeah. Uh, but my favorite scene, I know it's cliche, and it, as weird as it sounds, even when I was a kid, my favorite scene was always Ben training Luke. That's it, putting the blast shield down, telling him to reach out. You know, blocking blocking the blaster bolts. Han coming in and saying it was stupid. <laughs> I've, I've traveled the galaxy. Yeah. I don't believe in the Force. It's dumb. And then, you know, Ben sitting down and going, "Ooh, I just sensed <laughs> I sensed all these people dying." That that, that was is... for me when I was a kid. It was like that was it. That's the only thing I think I could think of when I was a kid from that That's movie. The first like time, you know, they really go into the Force and whatnot. And I mean, yeah. the Force is arguably the most interesting thing in star wars so oh yeah yeah i mean that that makes sense it's like the really the only lightsaber action we get for luke which is like really funny to think about you 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 equate luke skywalker with the lightsaber so much and you know i even back then before like empire strikes back kids were like playing luke skywalker swinging lightsabers and it's like he never does that (laughs) he never fights anybody with the lightsaber to do oh guys yeah yeah but he doesn't later yeah jamie what about you so I'm gonna, so uh, two two bits, two bits here. So I'm gonna just casually say my favorite scene in A New Hope is the cantina, but we'll we'll get back to that. I know um, we'll get back to that. Okay, good. I, I um, think I see a cantina goer in your in your background. Yeah, right? you can see my friend back there. He's hanging out. Uh, uh, there he is, there my is. friend. So I, I, us, try to give us some names in the comments and whatnot uh, of what we can so, name the guy. So but. yeah, so he's affectionately just known as the guy. <laughs> He doesn't have a name yet. Um, he's, he just looks like one of the classic Kenner action figures of the Ithorians, and so he's, he's there. He's chilling. There he is. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that the cantina is my favorite scene in A New Hope because it's just like a we, you never seen something like that before. You walk into a bar, and there's all these like unsavory creatures, and they're all just like shifty-eyed looking around and whatnot. It's, it's just so funny. And then we get like Luke like dinking up to like the bar, and he like pulls like the bartender's <laughs> like, like, yeah, it's like, what are you, you doing? What like, is this? What are you doing, I had that confidence. Like, it's not even confidence is he has no idea what he's doing he's never gone into a bar before so he's just like uh <laughs> so 
too because funny. of his his good uh, upbringing of Owen and Beru. That's true. I mean, right. they might not, yeah. they might not teach bringing him. Bringing it back. They didn't teach him his uh, manners of tugging shirts, but no. he had never been to a place like that. Exactly. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. He's very, very good, pure of heart. <laughs> Dumb, uh, you know. Uh, so, <laughs> but but in, uh, additionally, aside from the cantina, though, I think that one of my all-time favorite like moments in A New Hope is uh, is right before that when they first um, when there there's the shot of the overlook of Moss Eisley, and Obi Wan just oh, yeah. does the whole Moss Eisley spaceport and whatever. And <sighs> when when we first when me when I first started like watching the Star Wars movies like obsessively when we were in like college, uh, for some reason. Uh, we looked up on YouTube, just searching for the video. That's Obi Wan saying Moss Eisley spaceport, and so we we found. I don't know why we had to do this, but you, you know, you just gotta find random clips all the time, right? So we we look it up. First hit on YouTube, it's like a 15 second long video, and we're like, yeah, this must be the one. This is the line. We open it up, and we didn't realize that it was someone had dubbed the line with um like an impression for Obi Wan. So I'm not gonna say the full thing. I'm gonna say a bit of it though. It's it's Obi Wan saying Moss Eisley spaceport. It's a criffing. Bantha hole. Yeah. Griffin Bantha hole. Bantha hole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Horrible delivery, but I I don't know our our threshold for swears here. But long story short, if you look up Moss Eisley Spaceborne on YouTube and find a video that is about 15 to 20 seconds long, most likely you're going to find that one getting dubbed. And oh my God, I I could not have laughed harder. And it's it's so silly, but because of this one little parody video, um, it was like a big piece of me like loving Star Wars. It's so stupid. I think we, we it's went so to look stupid. Up, we went to look up that video because we wanted to remember like the exact line. Yeah, the whole wretched hive line. Yeah, we <laughs> didn't remember it exactly. So we we didn't know it was gonna go that where where it went, so it was just perfect. It's perfect. There was oh it, oh God. there was one my my girlfriend and I like to drive long road trips, and there was one where we were driving through Death Valley and we decided we were gonna stop at all the Star Wars locations. So Dante's view where they shot the overlook is like 13 miles off the road, you're on these dirt roads, you go up this crazy cliff, you lose cell phone service about halfway up. And we knew there was like a specific direction you have to look and we couldn't find it, we couldn't look it up. So we get up there to the top of this bluff in the middle of nowhere and I'm like, we'll just, we'll say we were here, right? As we're walking back to the car, we notice about 25 middle-aged people, not many of them together, just all there by chance, half of them sobbing, looking in the same direction. We found it. <laughs> yeah, it, it does look it, like it looks exactly like that. Still, there's a highway cutting across it, but you just pretend that it's not there, or you squint, and it's the same. That's I mean, just fantastic. to see to see something like that that you've seen on a screen so many times, and then you yeah, know, see it in Mandalorian. They kind of, I think it was the same shot they reused, maybe, but um, you know, to see that in person. You just probably it's, couldn't help but tear up a bit. So. It's like oh, a yeah, no, we lost it, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, that's yeah. my favorite we thing about it Star Wars. It's a, it's a pilgrimage. You get to yeah, go to is. these places that they filmed, and they feel like holy sights. It's it's the craziest yes. thing. Yes, we lost it. I, I walked the road to Jabba's Palace in my Luke Skywalker cloak and cried the whole way. A tourist oh, from China pulled over and wanted a picture with me, and I was just like, yes, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> pulled it over my eyes. One of my favorite pictures of you and Becca is uh, trying to be 3PO and R2. Was it, <laughs> yes. who was, were you R2 or was Becca R2? I was 3PO and I was in you know the pose and she got down and she hunched crouched, down and yeah. put her fists on the ground like R2. Yeah, that was on the road to Java's Palace too. That's, perfect. That's, that's a couple of miles from there. To, um, 
to go back to Jamie's point about the cantina, though, I mean, yeah. who doesn't yeah. love the cantina and the music? Oh, yeah. And play I think that that's... same song. <laughs> Iconic. <laughs> to... Favorite cantina aliens, please. Oh, I've mentioned mine, Muftak. I have a T-shirt. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like Muff having tack. a straw oh, yeah. for a mouth. I mean, it's very. <laughs> it's very it, convenient. Yeah. So. Exactly. Oh yeah, uh, for a bar. I love okay. the the Ithorian in there, obviously my oh, yeah. my dude. Although like looking at it now, he kind of looks like Doc Ondar at first glance because he has like a really big like robe, and it's just like, ooh, this guy mm. looks mysterious. <laughs> and then there's Spaceman walking around. Yeah, oh, actual yeah, Spaceman. Spaceman. Space cool. I like him. Okay, who? Okay, I should know this. I'm a little ashamed that I'm not thinking it off the top of my head. Bat species. The bat. The Chandra uh, fan. The, the uh, Chandra fan. Kabi. Kabi. Yeah. She's she's Muftag's partner in crime. They live in the sewer together. The one I, who reaches for a drink. Yep. That's <laughs> yeah. my, my favorite because I just love she seeing is. like the little <laughs> bat person just reaching up and grabbing like a drink. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like the yes. Every it is super time. Cute. The sewers of Tatooine. Imagine yeah. that though. Hang on. It must be yeah. I think sewers of Mos Eisley. Oh, they're Foul doesn't even begin to explain hive. that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. is the wretched hive. Okay. My God. <laughs> Where do they even get all that water? Is that what is that what they're farming? That's what's happening at the water. Lars homestead. Yeah, it comes from the Lars homestead. They yeah. take care of Moss Eisley. How profitable department. how lucrative of a business is moisture farming? That's it a big question I have. Because they're on the outside it can't, Matt it can't and I can't that much. Matt take and I had to do a lot of research for our Minecraft project. Lars Homestead and Minecraft, it's a lot. It's, it's big lot. inside. On the outside, they want it you is. to think they're a poor family, but the house, is, it's pretty big. Yeah, They've got like three yeah, cars. But what's they got the three land speeders. value? <laughs> True. Oh, True. that's Underneath? my other favorite scene. Which okay, one? The oil the, bath? My other favorite scene. Yes, 3B. No, not 3 oh, on the oil bath, but like afterwards, R2 like runs good. away yeah. and, and Luke runs down to like see like what's going on and 3 is hiding by like the Mercedes in like the back corner. Yes. And then he's just like, oh, hello. Um, <laughs> oh, like, I, I love that. My theory is that he was going to hotwire that speeder and go find R2. But... Or at least just get out I of love there. It. Yeah. I got to get out of here. I think he was just trouble. panicking. My yeah. favorite thing is in episode nine when they find Ochi's like speeder and has the, it has like the Sith emblem on it. And yeah. it's like the same kind of like hood ornament. Yeah. That's I on. That. I, I, that's so yeah. funny. Or like a random thing. But I wanted to get to the, with the cantina, I was going to say, like, yeah, the beginning of that movie, we really only, we see the Empire on the, on the Star Destroyer. We see the moisture farm, which as Ryan said, you know, there's nothing really going on there. And we see Kenobi's house, but then like the, it's the first sense of community and like a bigger galaxy. Cause this is a spaceport yeah. and we see ships coming in and out. It's like, oh, like, you know, we're about to go on an adventure. You know, it feels like. We're going to the airport, guys. I don't know. There's a lot going on. The bar at the airport. Go to the airport bar, yeah. The airport so, bar. That's really kind of is. the first step to quote... Into uh, a larger world. Into a larger world. To quote Obi-Wan. Yeah. There we go. There you go. And then I yeah. guess... Yeah, that was... Uh, we were all joking around. I was trying to get to this deep point. Me oh, getting no. to a deep Sorry. point. It's pretty rare. Sorry. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. No, but yeah. it was perfect. Oh, that was the deep point. That was the deep Sorry. point? That was, good. Oh, that was a good... That was a good step point. into a larger good deep point. It was as deep as the sewers. That's the that's that's Joseph Campbell's <laughs> threshold. Once crossed, you can't go back. Crossing Once Luke threshold. leaves Tatooine, when he goes back, it's not the same for him. Yep, exactly. But that brings me to, I guess, my favorite scene in A New Hope. And thankfully, I get to go last because I've tried to install this whole stalling this whole time, like Matt, to think of something. But Ryan mentioned the sunset, and 
a lot of the times I'll put a new hope on in the background. You know, sometimes we'll watch it all the way through just because why not? you have yeah. to, you gotta watch it's like a you gotta watch it. Yeah. But sometimes I'll have it on the background, I'm doing work. And every time when the sunset scene happens, the music <laughs> swells up, which we haven't even gotten to the music. This is where it all began. Oh. The John Williams score swells up and I you you have to look at the screen and you have to watch it. And I remember um Jamie and Matt, we were all watching it to, together before Rise of Skywalker, leading up to it, I think. And, uh, you know, we, we talked during the movie a lot because it's a movie we've seen a hundred times. But when that scene happened, we all got so quiet and you just have to watch the screen for that. Yep. And it's, it's just beautiful. There's no dialogue, obviously. And it's it, it kind of paints the whole picture for Luke right there. But Yeah. John it's the most the relatable scene in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was wondering who was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> that, okay, that additionally... Friends of the podcast know that like my Star Wars story started for me like in college really like I like knew it as a kid but like really got into it in college times and so another thing I was really into in college was watching Family Guy <laughs> and so like do watching all of the Star Wars specials for Family Guy was also something that just like you can't get it out of your head ever and the Blue Harvest episode is like yep. the best one out of oh, all yeah. of them and Blue it, it, is it's, it 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 makes it doesn't make a new hope better but like it it helps when you have all these like <laughs> funny parodies about it and then you can like you just think about that no matter what so, so you can like, have you like think a... about like you think about like the asteroid field and the whole like narration of he yeah. takes a right into a residential zone <laughs> yeah. zoom in yes. through and then of course han solo has like the nighttime dj this is han solo <laughs> like like yes. so good like I mean, I can almost quote moments. that better than the yeah. actual... Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah, that's, and then sometimes the you misquote part. it, and it's like, wait, that's not the actual thing. Uh, what do they call it? And cool? that... <laughs> <laughs> the Family Guy parodies only work so well, and the re I think the reason A New Hope is the best, like, arguably a lot of the funniest jokes are in Empire, but A New Hope is so in our cultural consciousness. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. funny because it subverts what we remember from the movie we've all memorized. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of the jokes that, you know, Seth MacFarlane and all the writers came up with that for Family Guy, it's like probably a lot of things we were subconsciously thinking as well. Yes. So I don't know. Like the. They're all big Star Wars nerds. Up, uh, <laughs> all the little houses, Italian families. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Because they're, they're all big Star Wars nerds anyway, like at their core. So oh, they're yeah. like, this is bound to happen. And it's. It's just, I love it. In in Star Wars, A New Hope especially, like, really just opened the door for, hey, here's what we can do, like, parodying, like, modern pop culture. And, like, mm -hmm. if you're going to, like, parody anything, you got to start with A New Hope, which is, like, yeah. really silly yep. to think of now. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Family guy. Family guy. Yep. So, the binary sunset. Yeah, well, I mean... We, we said we were going to talk about the movie, and we, we talked about our favorite <laughs> scenes, but we still haven't gotten to just talking about the movie we've been talking yeah. about the movie what Let's do you want to do scene by scene frame by frame <laughs> and this little thing to. this is yes, where you see the stormtrooper bonk his head on the window as we, ooh. yes yes <laughs> i could talk There's about that for a short hour. story about that me. oh man don't even start with that that's one I of my favorite that. editions i that's probably one of the biggest reasons for me to watch any special edition star wars anything is to just get the little bonk bonk noise oh, yeah. that's another so thing matt you only watch the um the original cut really i try you know? i try to if i'm lazy i'll watch but you don't you don't watch. get mcclunky with that 
I don't get McClunky. McClunky's big. If, if McClunky's I'm funny. lazy. For, for context, everyone, uh, Matt ha goes out of his way to find the special pointing. edition <laughs> version of all the Star Wars, the originals, and and the prequels, right? I'm assuming. I I have the DVD Puppet Yoda. for yeah, yeah, uh, he, episode one. Puppet. So I only he tries to get as close to the release <laughs> versions because um, the ones on Disney Plus currently are like, they, they make changes and whatnot. They're always constantly like just tossing in random stuff like the McClunky and whatnot. Um, it started so. in, when I, when we were in high school and or high school, geez, when I was in college, The Force Awakens was coming out and we wanted to watch all the originals again. So I went online and I just found some like random, oh, you know, A New Hope. Oh, let me download that and that and that just to get them on my computer. And I accidentally found like the 2007 Laserdisc re-release like DVD special nice. editions that they came out with that were literally like the closest thing to the theatrical version. Yeah. We sat down, and we watched them, and we're going, "I don't remember this. I don't. What is going on? Like, because it was so different. Because I there's I, a wolf in the bar. Yeah. I mean, I had <laughs> these. My parents made made it a point to show me this these versions because we have the all three of the box set. Um, made sure to show me those versions first when they were exposing me to the original trilogy. But after that, you know, it was as soon as we got them on DVD, it was like, I just watched the DVD, yeah. uh, which was the special mm -hmm. edition. So going back to those originals that I had watched as a kid, and it's funny because like so many people, so many of the like, I don't want to say older fans, but a lot of the, you know, OG fans who watch the originals in theaters always talk about watching the originals as kids and loving to go back to those versions. And it's the same for me, even though it, those were like my VHSs. Yeah. Um, it's just so funny because no other franchise really does this. No, <laughs> no yeah. not really. No. Goes no back and like goes does... back and just like just completely like puts like dance numbers in. <laughs> the, <laughs> the um uh, AJ, do you remember when um uh when we were doing a rewatch and I, I don't remember which version it was, but it was our friend Brendan's version of the they were Blu-ray at that oh, point. Yeah. And and so this, this is from this a is new big. hope. Yeah. And so it's from a new hope when um we first see Obi-Wan when he like saves Luke and whatnot. And he does like the big like yell, which is supposed to be the crate dragon. Oh and, and they change that every time. <laughs> they change that every single release. We're, so when we're watching it and AJ, you can continue. <laughs> we were watching it. Um, I don't know. Same, same deal as Matt that we, force awakens got announced for rewatching them. College. Yeah. And, uh, the Blu-ray version is our friend Brendan had it. And we were showing star Wars to someone for the, for the first time in the room. Yep, and, not me. It was someone else. <laughs> yep, someone else. Jamie had seen them, but yeah. Yes. Obviously. Uh, so the Obi-Wan scene happens with the crate Dragon call. Uh, and the, we, So the I version, it was the... <laughs> yeah, it was the crazy one, the newest one. <laughs> and, it happens, and then Brendan just goes, holy crap, what was that? And then... <laughs> stop the movie we had to like, stop the movie and like the our friend in the room had no idea what was going on they were on. like what was wrong with that and we're like what a lot was wrong with that yeah i love that that's almost like a tradition obi-wan's crate dragon call changes like in almost every version it's the yeah. funniest thing what's yeah. your favorite version probably the one in the mandalorian oh no that one <laughs> that was the that one's the funniest it's ridiculous yeah but yeah that was good matt that was good Thank but you matt that was good we got we got sidetracked we ended sorry. up. Sorry, I'm sorry. Somewhere out there, I don't know. Somewhere in the uh, past the the Rishi maze. But yep. bring us back if you want to talk about the movie. Let's talk about the movie. Okay, so right now apparently in we my weren't head, talking about it. <laughs> right now in my head, where we've just cut to the scene with Darth Vader um, in the 
in the on the round table where they just dissolved the Imperial Senate. There's the empty Krennic seat. Uh, yes. And I love when he chokes out Tag, and he's like, just talking like, oh, you know, your old sorcerer's ways don't work on me, Vader. You know, your devotion to that ancient religion. Like, I, again, that's probably also one of my favorite scenes that I always think about. Whenever the Force is talked about or, or mentioned, I guess that that should tell you a lot about my what I love about Star Wars the most. Because those are the things that stood out to me when I was a kid. And it's kind of funny because I'm like realizing that now. That's whenever the Force is talked about is the scenes that I remember the most um, hmm. when I was watching them. That's but what yeah. makes it Star Wars. Exactly. Yeah. Have you is seen it... the extended version of that scene that they just debuted at, uh, I think it was one of Pablo Hidalgo's panels at Celebration oh. Chicago, where it opens with Admiral Mahdi talking about how, like, he, it's the first time Sith Lord was ever said on camera, and they oh, cut wow. it. He talks about, yeah. like, why are we, why do we have faith in this Sith Lord? What is that? I actually Maybe did research on that recently. I'll, yeah. I'll have to look that up. Check it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I tried to look oh. up the first time they ever say Sith, or, you know, whether it was in a novel or a film. And I don't remember what it actually is. Like, it's in, it in it's in the novel. It's in the novelization of A New Hope that came out like right. six months before the movie. Which again is so funny because there are so many things that have entered Star Wars pop culture that weren't even said in the movies. Yeah. Like, yeah. the word Ewok Colin, is never spoken on screen. There's no Ewoks. It, 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 Ewok <laughs> is is just a complete thing that that was created like in marketing and and on the the action figures, but everybody knows them. It's the same kind mm -hmm. of thing with Sith. You know, you, everybody just knew yeah. Sith back in the day, even though, you know, it was never said in the original trilogy. No. It, it, it is just Palpatine. over there like... Palpatine was never said. It was just the Emperor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but again, Palpatine entered into pop culture. You knew Palpatine so that when episode one rolled around and there's this Senator Palpatine, yeah. everybody's like, oh, I know that guy. <laughs> even though Organa, Revenge of, the, or Revenge of the Sith is the first time they say Organa, but everybody knew that was her last name. Yeah. That's a yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I'm also just realizing this now, thinking about it. Is the first time we ever see anything force related on screen when Darth Vader chokes Tag? Yeah, with the little yeah. That's the first instance. The... That's the first usage of the force we see on screen. Is dark is the dark side. Does the, does the mind trick happen first, or is that happen no, first? No, mind trick happens first. Yeah, the mind trick is mind trick. first. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, because we're cutting between them trying to get to Alderaan and the Death Star going to Alderaan. So yeah. we're like cutting between. Yeah. yeah. Hey, for all you know, the Crate Dragon call could be a force power. That was. It was a I'm going to say a, that probably was actually. It probably was. So yeah. that's. I mean, the first finding Luke the was force. probably the force. Right, well, yeah. <laughs> finding him and then amplifying his voice just to like you know. The first usage of a force power around. on screen is oh. <laughs> that sounded more like R2. <laughs> that, that did. I, I love the additional uh, adding all the rocks in front of R2 when he's hiding. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. They look so bad. How did he oh, get in God. there? How did he get in there? How did he get out there? How did he get in there? He's stuck. I'm sorry, it. R2. I, I don't I, understand I, that one. <laughs> it's it's funny like re like uh just having this conversation because like uh matt you keep talking about how like your favorite bit was like the force and whatnot and like obviously like i, I love the jedi and whatnot but like in in the originals it's it's just luke and it's not like we really have anything else to go off of like luke and obi-wan and then yoda force ghost and yoda mm -hmm. um but like 
honestly, like I, I love all just like the, the random background stuff in the originals and like yeah. for a new hope, like it it is like them wandering around Moss Eisley. It is like the scanning crew the entering stuff. the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. that photo. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a good one. I have no idea what's going on. The best thing about that photo it's, is like it's I, you being I, surprised that how much you love the background stuff. That's what <laughs> yeah, that face. Yeah, exactly. AJ, go back to the one of us. Yeah. The um, I love this one because I I had to bring buttons the porg with me. She she couldn't yeah. not come. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, no, so no. so um, I don't know. Like she doesn't belong there, but she's there. Just, well, just you so and you know. she are making the same face. Yeah, yeah you are. <laughs> that's your buttons face. <laughs> We're both shocked. Anyway, um, I love the background stuff. The background stuff is always yeah. like the best part of Star Wars, especially like finding out like uh, like they they didn't have like a ton of money to make the first Star Wars movie, obviously. So everything is like held together by like tape and like yeah, <laughs> it's just and, like, like is this gonna work? It's like uh, tape, yeah. bubble gum, and cigarettes. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's visible gaff tape on the arm of the stormtrooper who's holding Leia in the first scene yeah. when she says, "Darth Vader, only you could be so bold." That's my favorite thing to come out of the Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, seeing just the all the stuff the falling apart. It's it's so funny just to watch everything just falling apart and it's just like <laughs> But they, they did it and and we still go back they and like it. love to watch it and uh, it's it's great. Yeah. And it's I also think that... I was just gonna say it's also like one of the few things I guess at the time and maybe still today, it's just everything in the background to go off the background is has a story. Everything in the background yeah. has like some sort of story or name or something. And it's, yeah. It's really cool. The decision, I mean, George Lucas called it the used universe. The decision to have everything in the production design just feel like a little bit weathered and a little beat down and just everybody in the background having some kind of business just set yeah. it apart from sci-fi at the time. And the thing, yeah, because the only, the only other sci-fi thing to really do that, again, is Dune. But with Dune, yeah. he created this entire world and he wanted you to, he wanted you to see his hard work. So he put this like 17 page glossary at the beginning of the book for you to like reference and like read like everything about the universe. But Star Wars doesn't do that. They let you, you go that. out and do that. If you want to know about this random bat lady reaching for a drink in the <laughs> cantina, you're going to find the information on it either through like some random encyclopedia that somebody wrote or just on like, you know, the, like the, the figure for them. And then you, you make your own story and you kind of you just use your imagination. Yeah, and that's I love that. And again, was, it it plays into the charm because so many of those masks in the cantina are just so cheap and and oh yeah terrible, but they're great because it's like <laughs> I feel like we haven't talked about the droids enough. Ooh, like the no. droids, Ryan brought up that you know that's the first thing we really see. You know, yeah, these they're the droids. stewards of this adventure. Yeah. yeah, and I was I was watching it earlier, and I was getting my setup ready with my new uh, first order flag back here, but. When 3PO is captured, and then, well, no, R2 is captured, right? By the Jawas. Yeah. And then yeah. and 3PO. Yeah, hiding behind him on the rock. 3PO, <laughs> 3PO captures himself. There's oh, a whole sequence yeah. where there's just like no dialogue, just beeping, dialogue by the droids, and music, and dialogue a sand crawler droids, going. Dialogue by the Jawas. Yep. And a sand, craw and sand yeah, crawler. But no, like, no English. There's no or, human. Or, yeah, yeah, no English. human dialogue. And it's like, it's, 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 it's one of the only things that does that. And it's, the only Star Wars movie that does that. But it's amazing. It's for that long, yeah. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's for storytelling. A good well, the minutes. holiday special. Well, oh, right, right, right. Movie, That's for different sir. reasons. <laughs> the holiday special is a masterpiece. It defies oh classification. Hey, you're right. You're right. It's a fun time. It's the a Wookie, good time. The Wookiee language. I, we can't talk about the Sandcrawler without 
give me a minute for R5D4, please. Yes. He's, he's a hero yes. in this house. Mm -hmm. There are three versions of his story. There's a non-canon one that he was an undercover Jedi. There's a Legends one <laughs> that R2 sabotaged him, which I think I think that's out of character. I don't think R2 would hurt someone that badly for the Rebellion. No. But the best one, I'm going to keep talking about the From a Certain Point of View book. For those who don't know, it's a charity short story collection. Most of them are considered canon. It benefited first book, and it's 40 stories about A New Hope from 43 different authors, three of them were collaborations. And it tells the story of the movie from background character to background character, from Captain Antilles to a fleet trooper at the uh, medal ceremony. Ray Carson's R5-D4 story is a freaking masterpiece. And it talks about that night in the Sandcrawler when R2 went to him and was like, yo, like, you're pretty state-of-the-art. They're going to buy you. We can't let that happen. Here's who I am. Here's what I'm doing. I can't get too specific, but I need you to blow it when it's your moment. And he's like, all right, I will. And R5 becomes obsessed with this idea that he could be a hero of the rebellion in his own way. And I'm just happy that I wrote Power Trip before that yeah. came out because <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. Yeah. No, I mean, it's so good. The underdog droid is, is, is brilliant. Yeah. And, I, and he's still around. He doesn't get the treatment yeah, well, he deserves, well, We were mad when he showed up in The Mandalorian. Because that story ends with him going off into the desert and he's like, I'm going to get out of here and I'm going to find these rebels and I'm going to find that blue guy and I'm going to thank him. That blue guy. And he doesn't. And then maybe, I, that's, that's maybe my he'll word. He'll get there eventually. He'll get there he eventually. Might. R2's still out there. He better. He's still, he's he better. still could. He's out there. He's still I just don't like the how resistance. Pelimoto just does not treat him well. Just not treat no. him well. He, he deserves he better. He's doing his best. She doesn't I like really her, treat any of her droids better. well. Yeah. He does deserve better. She's a little mean. She's a little mean. But I'm glad you brought up that story, him. and I hope some people learn some stuff R5. today. But I love it. It's a great story. Skippy the Jedi droid. <laughs> Skippy the Jedi droid. That was his name. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's R five D four. Skippy the non Legends story. That was Star Wars Tales. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, we left off. We left off on the Death Star with Matt yeah, so talking about the Force. Which, and I, I can... just wanted to again talk about. I already kind of briefly touched upon it, but that's just such a genius story structure. It's like, oh, we have to get to Alderaan. And then we cut to the Death Star. We have to blow. We're going to go blow up Alderaan. Yes. I <laughs> oh, never we have to get to Alderaan. Time to destroy Alderaan. Destroys Alderaan. You know, we got to get to Alderaan. It's the, it's the most basic, classic. Um, wow, what's the word that I'm trying to think of? For like, Alfred Hitchcock described it as two people having a conversation about baseball while there's a bomb under the table. And it's yeah. got a name, dramatic irony. That's it, dramatic irony, where the audience knows stuff that the characters don't, right? And that and that increases your engagement in the story because you know exactly what the characters are about to get into before they do. And it's like, as soon as they bounce out of hyperspace and they're in the middle of this asteroid field and they're all confused, and you're going, well, it's clearly because Alderaan was destroyed, yeah. and they're like, where's Alderaan? That somewhere again, your somewhere your high school and college film teachers are very proud of you for. Bringing up dramatic proud. irony. Um, yeah, quite proud. Definitely. Sorry. Yeah. We're quite no, proud as well. Don't apologize. Yeah, I never thought about the dramatic irony of that. Yeah. That's a good yeah, edit. A new, hope, a new Hope is saved in the edit. Well, yeah. It def definitely. Marsha Lucas, speaking of not getting enough credit. For sure. Yeah. And if you watch the deleted scene, they're interesting. <laughs> they're, I like the deleted yeah. scenes. You yeah. Know, with, with Biggs, with oh, uh, the other two. Yeah. What are their names? What are his, Luke's friends' names? Wendy and Deke, and then Fixer and uh, Cammy. In there, they are. Is which one? Okay, he marries one of them in Cammy. the TLJ no novelization. Yeah, that was dream. so wild. Yeah, he, I yeah. love that. 
I do. I love in that an too. alternate alternate universe where he didn't go. Yeah, I love that whole opening. And that, yeah, and that is an awesome opening because it's again, it's it's the classic like hero's journey. They usually have some kind of like vision or temptation where, ooh, you know, what if I don't go through with this? Where will yeah. I be? And yeah. Luke never really got that. He might have gotten that more in like Uncle Owen. You know, you look like you look at Uncle Owen. He's dressed yeah similar to you know. He's dressed like a Jedi. We don't talk about that, though. Um, That's all that they wear in Star Wars. That's it. There's a bunch of people wandering around in the background of Mos Eisley that are wearing, like, the same kind of deal. Yeah. And then, and then there's, like, Spaceman and then CGI yeah. Rontos and whatnot. <laughs> My theory yeah. is that post-Order 66, there was a lot of Jedi robes laying around. And people were like, that's oh. cool. I'll wear these. There you go. I love it. That's why. I just always figured the Jedi dress humble. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, but, that's probably. You know, I like yours better. I like yours Brown better. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, sure. All right. They were selling like... the wholesale. Gotta get gotta get these off the rack. They're going they're hot. <laughs> hot item. But like, you know, the the deleted scene with Biggs is interesting because we see him later on Yavin and it's like, Oh hey yeah. Biggs, like in old the special buddy, editions. I always forget that that's special edition um Yeah, good edition. call, good call. Yeah. I do too, honestly. But um you know, he's, we don't... he's cut out of the completely in the original, yeah. which is sad. He's in the you know. he's in the X wing, but not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we see we see him. You know, he just calls him Biggs, but we don't know their deal. We don't know their friendship. Yeah, and and, and it's crazy to, because you know Biggs talks specifically about we got to join the rebellion, Luke. I'm going to go yeah. join the rebellion, and then Luke's like, I want to join the academy, and it's like, oh, what academy? Luke, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it. But it's I like that the big scene. I like the big scene on its own. And I love that apparently Tashi Station and Cammy and Fixer show up in the Book of Boba Fett teaser. Uh, yeah, apparently. Apparently, yeah. yeah. But, How funny is that? But in I, Jedi robes. I love that. No, it's just their same outfits five years later. <laughs> or seven, I, eight, whatever. <laughs> ten. Don't make me do math. <laughs> it's no. But I anyway. do, I do like that they cut that scene because it goes back to the character handoff structure where that would be the droids take us to... You know, the droids take us nowhere because now we cut away to this kid and he goes to get bullied by his so-called friends. But yeah. now we are back to the droids. Get out of here, Wormy. And it doesn't it doesn't yeah. flow for me. The no, biggest I loss. Like name was Wormy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the biggest loss from those scenes is uh, Luke's bucket hat. True. Yeah. That oh, is yeah. the biggest loss. Yep. That's a good just look. Him sitting there it's in his bucket look. hat looking up at the just yeah, like, looking, looking at, at the battle. Just like. Yeah. Looking at the battle, yeah. And then, like, uh, the other droids just went on, like, meh, meh. Yeah. He said, well, my man. If you wouldn't have worn that stupid hat, they wouldn't have bullied him. Yeah, he just leaves him to die. Yeah, Luke literally leaves this poor droid behind. Oh, boy. I never brought up the, you know, the runner-up for my favorite scene would probably be the trench run. Because that's, like, how many times, you know, at least for me, like, when I was a little kid, riding my bike around, I'd be, like, pretending I was on the trench run. Or in a Jedi Starfighter, because that's when the prequels came out. But... Oh, and, having, and, and Han coming back, that's the icing on the cake. Yeah. Without oh, such a Han <laughs> coming back to save Luke, there is something lost in yeah. this movie, yeah. in that scene. Obviously, for obvious reasons. But the fact that you know Han's turn of character directly saves Luke's life. And then we see, we see that blossom in Empire Strikes Back. Like We see how protective yeah. of Luke Han becomes and how close they become after that. Yeah, it's such a good. It's. I mean, that's that. That's probably also one of my favorite instances in the movie. Yeah, specifically when when Han comes back. That's yeah, like, I mean, that's the haven't... cathartic like payoff for that scene yeah. almost. 
uh, almost just as much as Luke shooting the shooting the missile into the. I would say more. The exhaust port. Yeah. Oh yeah. I it, it's still uh, not silly, but it's crazy that we haven't even really talked about Han that much. I know Matt mentioned earlier that. Very quickly like mentioned in the beginning. But... Yeah, but like I mean, Han's arguably one of my favorite characters. I mean, he is my one of my I favorite characters. Han. He's arguably mm. number one. But um, rewatching A New Hope recently, I'm like. I don't know. He obviously he's a jerk, and I've never really been a jerk at, at first. But but now okay, we have okay. his background of Solo. Favorite so, Han moment in A New Hope, then quick. Okay, let's do it. Ooh. What do you got? Um, when he's about to shoot Greedo and he's picking at the wall behind him. Ah, yes. I love picking the wall. <laughs> um, I don't have the money. When he now when he leans on Chewie. Oh. Was he, unless someone else was gonna take that. I was gonna pick that, but I'll think I like of someone that. else. When he comes back and Enfys Nest was right all along. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 I don't. I bet know. You where'd you, where'd you dig up that, that old moment. fossil? <laughs> oh, if only. Oh, that is a good one. And on it, one of the one of the oh, best oh, exchanges yeah. in the whole. I'll just say it quick. One of the best exchanges in the whole film is they they're hiding under the grates in the Falcon, um, and he's like, "You damn fool!" or whatever to Obi Wan, and Obi Wan's yeah. like, "Who's he's the bigger fool? Who's the, the bigger fool? The fool? What a sentence! What a sentence!" He's calling yeah. himself a fool, but being a genius at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Jedi oh, that's so Obi-Wan. Yeah. That's so yeah. Obi-Wan. But were you going to say, Jamie? Oh, favorite Han moment um, when, uh, well, it's kind of Chewie and Han, but Chewie and Han together, first of all. Um, but Chewie complaining that the garbage chute smells, and Han's just like, I don't care. Get down there. Oh, it <laughs> smells. Him Shoves him down there. <laughs> Get down there. No, Han's, uh, Han's just Han's Han. Han's Han about it. Han's Han. I, I always read that that Han and Chewie exchanges. Chewie knows the Dianoga is down there. He knows that this is not an escape. Oh yeah, he smells the Dianoga. Can he smell it? Yeah. Cool. Oh yeah, because cool. he's he's a dog. He's a dog. He can smell danger. And Han is That's just true. and he's try, I I always imagine he was saying like, I smell, and Han thinks he's gonna say trash. And yeah, it's uh, Han Han's like, arrogance hey. once again getting the better of them. Yeah, because Han funny. straight up says, "I don't, I don't care what you smell." So it's neat. Chewie straight up may have said, "Hey, I smell yep. a Dianoga." Yep. <laughs> and I love how scared Chewie gets down there, shaking his head. Oh, to, he's such a baby. But... He is. That's why I love him. He's the best. Oh, yeah. My God, he's so good. Oh, the Dianoga being being the dragon in this case. That favorite Han moment. Everything's fine. Battle. How are you? <laughs> oh yeah, everything's fine. How, how are you? I that's... love that. It's so funny because to me that um, that translates to like a modern joke. For me, that's always been like that's like a modern joke. Like yeah, somebody, it's great. Like, yeah, so like so mundane. The, the dog sitting with the fire. Everything's fine. With, yeah, you know, this is this is fine. fine. This is fine. At this point in the show, I want I want the viewers to pause it if they think the Poe Dameron General Hugs prank call was stupid. Pause this, bring up a new hope. Watch Han say, we're all fine here now, thank you. How are you? Over and over until you understand that it's the same thing. They're equally when, awesome. When he says, Welcome back. When he says, how are you? And then he goes like, like he like cringes. He's like, oh no. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly what I should yes, not have said. Yes. It's, it's, it's a prank call, but it's, yeah, oh, it's a high stakes so prank call. I love it. I love it so God. much. Favorite Leia moment because we haven't really talked about Leia, unfortunately, either. I know. Mm. I would say, I mean, also the trash, you know, into the trash, can, into one. the trash, flyboy. So. Out of the fire, into the trash. And she just, you know, we see her as this, she's a princess, but she's not really who we think she is off the bat. You know, she's wearing all white, all clean and, and, and glamored up, I guess is the term I'll use. And but then we see her grab the blaster and start going ham with it, yeah, just like one of the boys. So it's it's pretty cool. Start going but, ham with it. I've yeah. that in a long yeah. time. She was, 
Yeah, she, she, she definitely that. was. I, I love the detail in Bloodline um, where they talk about how she... They talk about um, Ransom Castrofo's accent and they talk about how Leia made fun of Tarkin's accent when she first met him uh, in A New Hope. Yeah. Uh, because because we get uh, that, like, yeah. that, your foul stench when I was brought on board. Oh, but, yeah. like, she says it, like, in almost like a faux English accent. And it was always, like, a like a slip-up where it's like, why is, she, why is Carrie doing this? But now it's, like, part of the lore. She was making fun of him. And I think that's so funny. Trash talker. Big trash yeah. talker. The best. And, and, and even crapping on Darth Vader himself. <laughs> yes. That was, was my she's favorite fearless. Moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my favorite at the beginning. And it's so much better with the context of Rogue One that she's just seen him go on this rampage and she knows that he just saw her ship blast away from Scarif. Yeah. <laughs> but she's like, and, and yet, like, yeah, <laughs> she just says like, yeah, she tells him he's bold. She tells him he'll never get away with it. He's gotten away with it. Yeah. yeah. But it just, she just, she does not care. That's such a great beat. I love her character so much. It's Leading so, by example. It's so Anakin. Yeah. It's so Yeah, Anakin. it is. I mean, that's yeah, the funniest it, thing, right? It is. It's yeah, so Leia Anakin. takes after him and Luke Everybody takes talks after about Padme. Luke taking after Anakin, but she mm-hmm. does she does such She's Anakin. Anakin. Yeah. Like, oh, like yeah. jumping into the trash. It wasn't yeah. the first one to go in. So <laughs> yeah, because like, she she yeah. finds it and she's like, All right, let's go. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, she's she's her father, hundred <laughs> percent. But tempered by Bale. She's smarter than Anakin. Yes. She does yeah. not she's not like she doesn't run into things blindly, you know. Like mm-hmm. Anakin, she's she's more collected. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Jamie, do you want to? Do you want to bring up the wheel? Yes, I'll bring up the wheel, and I'll leave you with uh, my favorite Leia quote. I think is probably, and that one is probably just, um, "You came in that thing. You're braver than I thought." Yeah. <laughs> she's just like, well, these guys are complete bozos, but I got to get out of here. So. Wheel spin here. It's spinning. It just kind of looks like it froze there. It's all good. There you go. Favorite Jedi. Favorite Jedi. Oh, God. Who wants to go first? Um, Go. Go. Jamie, you want to go? It's been about the same ever since we finished watching Rebels. It's Kanan Jarrus, Jedi Knight. I'll let you have Kanan. (laughs) It's been Kanan for a while. Um, I I honestly think it it has been Kanan for so long because... um, he like kind of had to teach everything himself and then he had to bestow the knowledge onto someone else and he ended up being able to find love and then sacrificing all of it in order to save them and it's just everything about it is just so powerful and i i, I just love it i mean he's he really is the ideal jedi because he is able yeah. to have a romance mm-hmm. but he's also able to let go yep that's yeah. the thing he, he he's great He's, and the yeah. force is like, good job. We'll let you see for two seconds. Yep. <laughs> yeah. He gets to see her one last time. He promised that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. Great. Now no, I'm Kanan, sad. <laughs> Kanan is the best. And I probably, if I had gone first, I would have answered Kanan. That's why I jumped in. <laughs> but I'll go second so that I get him. I'll say Qui-Gon. Oh. <laughs> sorry, AJ. I'm sorry. All right. It's all right. It's all right. But Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon to me is also the ideal Jedi. He, you know, he doesn't follow the council's rules. He's a he's a loose cannon Jedi yep. who doesn't play by the rules. He's he's off doing his own thing, you know, influencing dice rolls. We could maybe <laughs> say that the chance cubes were loaded. Maybe, I think that's in the novelization of Phantom Menace. Possibly, I think. yeah. 
But I think there well, I think there's four sides of one color and two sides of the other. There's four sides for Shmi and one for uh or two for Anakin or something like that. It is yeah. like trying to find the chance cubes to like confirm that knowledge. But Qui-Gon Qui-Gon is the best. Yeah, well that's that's not a that's a droid. We were talking about them earlier. Matt, you know your Star Wars. I passed. I passed, I'm sorry. But Qui-Gon is just the best. I love him in Master and Apprentice too when he's struggling to kind of figure out how to connect yeah, he, to Obi-Wan yeah. who's like oh, yeah. totally this like just, you know, by the books Jedi who, you know, no nonsense and Qui-Gon's just like this like loosey-goosey go with the flow kind of guy. You know, oh, don't I love the line and I can't I can't get the exact line in my head right now, but I love the line where Anakin is arguing with somebody and he's like, "Don't bother arguing with him. You won't change his mind." Uh, I just love that because it's a philosophy I should live by every day and I don't ever. Um, <laughs> but every time I do get into an argument online or something like that, I'll always think of Qui-Gon and how I'm letting him down. Uh, yeah, so eventually, eventually should, I will. You should be more Qui-Gon. And like follow Qui-Gon. Yeah. To go back to Master and Apprentice, he gave up a spot like on the council. On the, on the council just to teach Obi-Wan. Yeah. Because and he didn't like, want to abandon Obi-Wan. That is how such Jedi a, is that? Like he just gets Obi-Wan, right? He's struggling to teach him. And then the Jedi Council is like, oh, we'll give you a seat. And Qui-Gon is like, I just got this guy. And we're not doing well. And I really don't want him to feel like I'm abandoning him or I'm giving up on this. So I'm not going to take your position. Also because I don't like you. But I'm not going to take, I'm not gonna take <laughs> yeah, this position. Um, I'm not going to tell you that part. but uh... <laughs> And that, and I, I mean, that... that... That echoes through Obi-Wan with Anakin, not giving up on him, even though there's more red flags than AJ's First Order banner behind him. That's just one flag. I just needed something. I, I no, committed that's, to that's the good. analogy and needed to, yeah. <laughs> All right, favorite Jedi? Me? Yeah. Um, I expressed this opinion on the last episode of our podcast, Force Friends Rewatch, and it was controversial. Mine's a tie uh, for the same reason. Luke Skywalker and Jay from Star Wars Visions from Star Waver, the band. Oh, yeah. Because the beat, the beat where Luke throws away his lightsaber and rejects violence in all forms and then says, I am a Jedi is the plot of uh, that episode of Visions, where Jay doesn't want to fight. He's a child thrust into a war by an order of peacekeepers. Like, we don't talk enough about how messed up that is. And he rejects it, and he turns his weapon into an instrument of art, and that is how he saves his friend. Yeah, those are my two favorite Jedi. They're ultimate Jedi. That's awesome. That is awesome. I mean, I I expected you, Skywalker. (laughs) I expected that. And, you know... Luke Skywalker is obviously one of the best. He's one of my favorites. <laughs> I well. spent too much time up here. <laughs> but I love that Jay. Yeah, I love I him even, so I, much. He just said I didn't even know his name, but now I'll remember that. Yeah. Now I'll remember that. Jay. Beautiful <laughs> voice on AJ. that Jay. Yep. Oh, yeah. AJ, what my, do you have? My favorite Jedi, now that Qui-Gon is taken. And I love Obi-Wan, but that's the obvious answer. But I'm going to go with Cal Kestis. Yeah. I don't know. Yes. I don't know if it's the fact that we just got to play with him like in a story and like you know not make choices but you get to pick his lightsaber color and whatnot but just like <laughs> i don't know i got like peter parker vibes from him i i he's he's just a kid yeah not really you know and it this all fell isn't... apart in a crucial spot in his life when he didn't complete his training he's still a padawan and he kind of had to figure it out on a, on his own 
working in the junkyards with what's his face? Prof. 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 Uh, he still has no idea what's going on, but he's kind of found his people now. And he sort of saved the galaxy. He saved that holocron and whatnot. But I don't know. He's just a little little youngster. Teenager. Is he a teenager? <laughs> he's yeah. a teenager by then. Man, we yeah, love our like Order 66 Jedi. In a big galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> we but, but, we the, love that trauma. The Order 66 Jedi are like, the ones like you said, the, the trauma they go through. Such a valuable lesson. It's yeah. not, you know, Luke represents this new era of Jedi, but really all of the Padawans that survived Order 66 represent a new era of Jedi. Cal Kestis is able to let go of the holocron that he thought would restore the Jedi. He's able to let go of the Jedi, basically, and go out and forge a yeah. path with his friends instead. Uh, Ready know. for a, um, a final deep, deep take by me? You go, go, yes. go. Right Even though I cut you off. Um, <laughs> I think I I think that maybe some of us like these traumatized Order sixty six Jedi as we call them because I mean we're all the same age here. We've seen, we've gone through a lot of crap and like events in the world in our <laughs> yeah. lives, so maybe yeah, we right? kind of like relate to that. We're the they're those are like the millennial that. Jedi. So oh god, they are, oh, they gosh, are. They're yeah. millennials. They, they really yeah. are the, are the <laughs> Jedi that survived Order sixty six. That's yeah. hilarious. There you go. That's that, that. I came here for there that kind of take. Good. Sorry, yeah. I that's you true off. though. I that, I <laughs> yeah, I pour funny. so much into like my my OC Sendry story. So so like, and she's an Order sixty six survivor. So like, good lord, let's. There we go. Wow, AJ, I'm about to end the podcast right now because that. Yo. That was that and. <laughs> This is also me. <laughs> anyway, um, wow. Uh, thank you, Ryan. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks thank for you. having me. Always a pleasure. Love to have you on to discuss A New Hope. And uh, honestly, we could have talked about it a lot more. It seems we like we got have. off the oh, rails, yeah. as we always do. But that's okay. Yeah. That's what we do on the Holland Marauder show. Uh, thank you, Pesto, for hanging out in the background. That's uh, good to see you, as always. Follow him at pesto.porg on Instagram. Oh, and uh, Ryan, where can we find uh, you on social media and Force Friends? Oh, geez, if you want to do that. Um, Force uh, yeah, Friends yeah. pod on Twitter. Uh, Force Friends Rewatch is the podcast. It's really fun. We just did a deep dive into every on-screen story that involved Mandalore across all the series. Uh, we have some other fun stuff coming up. And, uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at rd.mio, M-I-O, rd.mio. If you'd like uh, vegan propaganda, rants about work, and photos of the Los Angeles skyline. That's all it is. Anyway, uh, this has been the Holland Up Marauders podcast. You can find us everywhere at Holland Up Marauders uh, on Instagram, on most social media, on Twitter. It is just at Holland Up Marauder. And, yeah. We are have the audio version of the podcast. We have a video version of the podcast in case you haven't been here. There's gonk droids walking around all the time, usually throwing around something about Tuka dolls and porgs and, and droids. And Power there's trip. a lot of content. And on yes, watch our, Power Trip on, Power on our trip. YouTube channel. It's yeah. it's it's here. It's great. It's fantastic. It's it's technically why Han Solo came back. There That's right. My favorite, one of my favorite moments in the movie is all because of this guy, guys. All Thank you guys so much for listening to the Holland Up Marauders podcast. We'll be back. <laughs> we'll be back. We'll be back. <laughs>